Welcome to Critical Ditto, the Pokemon role-playing podcast made by us and enjoyed by you. And we're hanging at at the skate park, shooting some ramps, grinding, doing some ollies, kickflip, doing a more 1080. Dude, did you just say you were shooting some ramps? (laughs) You know it, man. (laughs) Bang, bang. Get the gun out of the skate park, dude. I hate these ramps, man. You know, the only person who could get the rage out of my system, it's it's my good skate friend, Ellie Hill. Uh, I'm just, I'm just over here beating on some rails. <laughs> Can't think of anything else in a skate park. I've like never been in a skate park. Um, really, Ali? No, you sound really, so confident yeah, about it. I'm just over here skating in a corner quietly, not knowing anything about skating, with my friend Kenny Mullet, who's sitting over here because he's empathetic, yet haunted young man on a quest to find out more about his weird poker powers. Skating around him are his Pokemon, a Decidueye called Bowtie, Gyarados called Moustache, a Salandit called Hoops, a Galvantula called Fleek, a Spiritune called Swirly, a Honchkrow called Fedora, and a Kamoo called King Thrush. And across the skate park, I think they're giving me the eyes. It's just David Leavesley. Oh, sorry. I just I looked away briefly from my Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 on my PSP, which is what I was playing, because uh, I'd much rather be in the virtual world than I would be here to sing it along to Heaven is a Halfpipe playing whilst I pretend I'm straight uh, for the whole <laughs> of my adolescence, which is what I'm describing in, in almost traumatic detail. And on the subject of people describing their sexuality in traumatic detail, it's none other than Theo, the researcher obsessed and sardonic former priest of the Church of Sloking, who on their team has a Medicham, a very defeated Kabuto, a Swadloon, a a Togekiss, who's never been defeated and quite frankly probably never will be, um, are Barbarical and Jason the Combi. Um, And as I briefly look up from my uh, PSP as I attempt to do my fifth Ollie with my custom-made female, obviously, character. Um, I see none other than Tom Dale. What's What are you doing over there, Tom? Well, David, I've made a big error again. <laughs> I came oh. to the skate park thinking it was Skate the Fish. So I've bought a lot of fish food. I bloody knew it. I knew, I knew you it were as going well. Skate the fish. I said in my mind, he couldn't possibly. He couldn't possibly <laughs> do a Skate Fish joke. <laughs> I was hopeful, mate. I thought it might go like ice skates or something, you know. You know, that's a really good one, Stu. That's a really lovely twist. Okay, give it to me again, David. Give it to me <laughs> oh, again. I didn't say it. Oh, no, I didn't give it to me again. No. Give it to me again. Give me the, throw the ball to me again. And I look up and I see none other than the Torval and Dean of this podcast, <laughs> Tom Dale. I thought this was a skate the fish park, so I'm here with my breadcrumbs and I'm sticking with it. Breadcrumbs! <laughs> like the swans! <laughs> <laughs> My favourite skates include Wimpy the Lopany, Gary the Scroopy, Snorlioni the Munchlax, Dr. Bunnelby the Bunnelby, Flower the Meltan, and Lightning McQueen the Carcoal. And I, uh, I'm very disappointed that the skates aren't real and they're all in my mind, so I suppose I'll just have to go back to the skater dude over there who's... Oh my goodness, he's really... Have you murdered that rail? Yeah, man. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it looked at me funny, and uh, it just... It had to go. You know, you see, I've... The only way to properly kill a rail is to twist it all the way back to the beginning. It's like it's looking at what happened last time on its own butt. That's, that's, yeah. I think we need to call the police. Tom, I can't believe it that the skate fish thing was actually better than that. <laughs> Previously on Critical Ditto. Barry's Bishop lunges for you, Kenny, from a rooftop shadow. Kenny and Bowtie make a decision. Barry, I've just shackled your spirit to mine. Theo, sprinting past you as Tallahassee Bingo. Hand over the tome, Theo. A flash of a dark-muzzled Zororic. Tallahassee Bingeworth is the Zororic of Team Mystic's fray. Brandy. This is the worst case scenario. Warden Vipen is cleaning house. <laughs> you see a flash of light from the corner. Standing amongst the rooms is a woman, Frey. Excuse me, little lady. That would be my office. An ice beam directly at Warden Vipen. Blue, lifeless, frozen body falls and shatters to the floor. Our spirits are shackled, Barry. We are intertwined now. Maybe the only way for this region to heal is for both of us to be gone. Barry starts to fall backwards. And Kenny jumps on instinct. The wind is taken out of Kenny by Bowtie in a last desperate plea to sort of save them both. And as you land, can you see the smiling face of Frey? Do you need help? What would be the most distressing form for Theo to see the world take? Slowking. The embrace of a god beckons you, Theo. Theo looks up at Slowking. Why him? 
and not me. Until a flying Medicham kick piles into Sloking's face. Kenny, you are crumpled, kneeling on the cold metallic floor of the core prison's processing chamber. You are cradling Barry Bolcut, his hair tussled and matted with blood. Your extremities feel tingly, as if the adrenaline that had been coursing through your system is rescinding. Numbed sensations begin to rear their heads, a cold wetness at your side, as you feel blood leak from the wound inflicted by Barry's Bisharp becoming grossly apparent. To your immediate left, the caged poker powers look on with a mix of horror and stupefied disbelief as you hold the final leader of a decimated Team Helsing in your arms, their oppressor clutched in your embrace. Your eyes adjust to the harsh stage lights directed down onto the processing chamber. Dulled noises of battle still echo around you. And then a pale hand extends into your vision, offered with a warm smile by Frey. She gazes down at your injured form with a mix of concern and heartfelt pride, her long white hair falling delicately around her elongated face. Need some help? Kenny, Frey's arms extended to you. You're on the floor. Frey? What? Why are you here? Okay, Why are Kenny. you here? Kenny, I understand. I understand you're, you're shocked. You're clearly gravely injured. Let me help you with that. And Frey reaches down, Kenny, and just touches your side where you've been injured, and you feel this warmth overcome you, this tingly sensation, and the wound has closed. You're no longer bleeding actively. You can take a harm off your sheet. I don't know how much harm you'd taken, but... If, um, if Ray's feeling super generous, Brandy's in a mech over there. <laughs> She's really struggling. Well, I was on three, so I think from the Bisharps, so and yeah. now I'm on... Now yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were unstable, and now maybe you're not. She's just stabilised you. I understand. You've, you've clearly been through so much, Kenny. I, since our last discussion in the tree, and my goodness, look what you've done. Look what you've achieved. You are, you're everything that I thought you could be, knew you would be. Of course you are. Frey, you didn't answer either of my questions. Well, how are you here and why are you here? Well, how I'm here is, is unimportant, really, Kenny, um, but... Oh, I, I, I beg to differ. I, you just appear out of nowhere all the time. I mean, thank you. Thank you for, you know, healing me, but you can't blame me for being suspicious. I'm not used to... Ew! Ew! Suspicion! I feel like Theo and Brandy. <laughs> ew! Kenny, we met in a fiery tree last time we spoke. If anything, this is highly regular. Listen, I don't want to get mixed up in details. I understand you've just been through a traumatic event, Kenny, and the last thing I want to do is cause you any any fear or alarm. I'm, I'm here to thank you, Kenny. Dearest Kenny, I am present wherever poker powers are in danger. You know my mission statement, Kenny. It is to help anyone poker-powered who is feeling oppression. Where else are they more oppressed than right here? Look to your left, Kenny. Look to your immediate left right now and see those people caged like beasts. Now, these are poker powers in need. Poker powers who have already been helped by you, Kenny. And for that, I thank you. And she gestures again to that aurora veil that you put over the cage. And as she does, she puts her hand through it and you see a small tattoo appear on her palm. There goes Brandy's plan. You've done so much for all of our kind, as I knew you would. You have stopped Team Helsing. Look at the man in your arms, the man that you have defeated. This is an evil man, Kenny, a man who wished us harm, not as individuals, but as a species. And you see the Gliscor descending from the rafters as well with the camera catching up. And Frey notices the Gliscor, the blinking red camera, puts two and two together. To anyone who is watching, my name is Frey. I'm the leader of Team Mystic. We're an organisation that has moved somewhat in the shadows up until recently. But that time is now over. Now is the time that we poker-powereds stop being oppressed by small people. Now is the time that we rise from ashes. Now is the time that we stand for ourselves. She gestures to the poker powers again. 
This is the result of people believing that you can oppress poker powers. And this is the result of that belief. And she leans into you, Kenny, close into your ear. Finish it, Kenny. Prove to them that this can never happen again. Prove to the people in those cages that they will never suffer this indignity again. Finish it now. And she gestures Barry in your arms. What do you do? Oh my, slow king. Oh, one villain at a time, Stu, geez. Um, yeah, just kill kill one of them off and then we're good. <laughs> oh, God. He has given you the option to kill, kill one of them. I know what you want me to do, Frey, but I can't just kill him. Kill him, kid, get him. He put me in a cage. No, 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 you don't understand. Killing... Killing him won't do anything. I've seen that man do awful things. He yes, has beat us. He you, has tortured us. I'm sure. Why I does know he, he get has. to kill? Because if we just kill him, someone worse might come up in his wake. We're just confirming what everyone is scared that we are. We are better than that. We have to be better than that. I'm scared of him. Then I'll protect you from him. You don't have to worry about him, okay? You have to worry about misperception. About who's misperception? Is she here? <laughs> I am, I, I'm, I'm not, no. I am not going to be the monster that, that everyone who hates Poker Pirates wants me to be. I'm not going to do it, Frey. And if you try to make me, I will fight you. I don't, I'm not going to do it. You refuse. I refuse to be a monster. Kenny, that man has done unspeakable things. If we let him walk away without consequence, they can keep doing it. I'm not going to let him walk away of course, there will be consequences to his actions. What do you intend with him, then? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't figured... I just fell from the roof. I haven't figured <laughs> that out yet. Give me five minutes. Let me talk to people that I trust. People that I have faith in. Frey considers this for a moment. People you trust? Yeah. Who are they? The one uh, in the giant insect suit and the one fighting the big black fox dog. People you trust. Interesting. I just imagine General Phillips just being there like, oh, okay, not me. Fine, baby. That's <laughs> cool. Oh, I thought we oh, had a oh, little yes. moment. Also, also, like, Hannah's here and Candy and, you know, other friends. Theo, you've been locked in, in Mortal Kombat with Frey's Zororok, come Kanan, come Tallahassee. Uh, last we left off, Medicham had just delivered a brutal high jump kick from behind your shoulder and had joined the battle. Zororok took damage. I've got that noted. That is all part of the sheet. Don't worry. But they are still... <laughs> this could not have made that sound. There was, more, there was no sheet. Don't worry. It's all in hand. <laughs> Look, you believe what you want to believe. Is that including Kabuto's damage as well? Because I refuse to let Cabbage's defeat be with no merit. The damage has been taken. However, the Zorok is still standing and is coming at Medicham with a... Oh, do you know what? A flamethrower. Whoa. That's right. Oh my. That's oh, right. You can see the Zorok's fangs flickering and dancing with fire as it prepares this fiery breath that intends to fire all over Medicham. How does Medicham respond? And Orthea. Theo is in such a rage about this Zoroark at this stage that there's no strategy being planned. There's no great sneaky move. Theo just commands another high jump kick from Medicham. Absolutely fantastic. Who is almost too willing. Okay, Theo, please roll kicks and frostlass with plus physical for Medicham. Stu, don't worry. David totally has Medicham's sheet up and has all the stats <laughs> written down. I remember that I have a Medicham, apparently, <laughs> and this is all normal to me. So I'm rolling 2d6 plus one. Plus one? Yeah, Medicham has terrible stats. Oh, Medicham. Yeah, and uh, that's not going to help me because I rolled a five <gasps> plus a one. Medicham. For a six. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Okay, so Zorok's just going to do damage. Zorok is a stage three, so that's plus three. It is higher than Medicham, so that's another plus one. 
It's not super effective at least, so it's four plus a d4. It's a two, so it does six damage with this flamethrower. Oh. Medicham's armor is five, so that's uh, oh, that's, uh, that's a kicker. That's a kicker oh, for the Cham Cham. But that's two of your Pokemon. Fraseroric has taken down. Wow. That's good. Yeah. Well done, Zoroark. And takes out the Fighting type. That's huge. So you see Medicham readying this second high jump kick. David, what is it? What is the one thing that throws Medicham off their game? It's a throw. A throw appears from the side. Throws him off. <laughs> <laughs> Sork was my brother. <laughs> 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 That's right, I remember Frenzy Blood. <laughs> <laughs> Just as Medicham is flying towards this Zoroark, it looks like it's going to be a great high jump kick, and at the last second, the Zoroark changes its face to Theo, and Medicham oh. just, just absolutely loses it. That's fair. Can't hit Theo's face, and ends up going past the Zoroark, crashes into Ali. What piece of stage equipment does Medicham crash into on that Helsing Carnival stage? Um, I think like an electric guitar being smashed into an amp, it is smashed into an amp. <laughs> <laughs> That's a vivid metaphor, Ali. I love that. <laughs> what a way with the words. I love it though. Uh, Medicham slams into this amp, crashes inside it, and Zoroark just turns and fires the flamethrower and you see the amp glow red hot as the flames act almost like a furnace as it just you see the black smoke emerging from the crash hole where Medicham had gone in. I think you just see Medicham's arm charred slightly, falling out of the amp Zoroark turns to you with wild toothy eyes no, that doesn't make any sense. Toothy eyes! Changes eyes to teeth and its mouth to eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a creepy image. I like it. Okay, it's got teeth for eyes and a mouthy eye. Yeah. And Theo, with that giant eye in its mouth, it's eyeing up the tome that you still grab and it's pelting towards you, Theo. How do you respond? Theo has faced too many Pokemon literally head on at this point in the series to think that this is a smart move when there's still a roster available. And Theo is going to go for an old trusty who hasn't yet appeared this dark. I'm so excited. Theo is going to send out Hillary. Yeah! <laughs> Hillary, go. I just said Zoroark has flamethrower. We just, we just <laughs> yeah, established hey. that Theo, one move Absolutely. Ago. Theo's yeah, ready. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, All right. you know what? I'm not holding back. Swadloon has done good things. And also, if Kabuto's not evolving, oh, I've got to hold out for one. Ooh, so I see you so big nice. talking points. So yeah, Here we go. Theo is going to send out Swadloon. I'm saying it, Zoroark has still got fire in that mouth and it's ready to fire a second blast of flamethrower at this little bug in its leafy shell. And little Swadloon, Swad, Swadloon. I almost see a little spotlight appear from one of these rafters. There's a lot of electric moving lights up there, and one of them just malfunctions. With this spotlight, the only other light is the flame coming from Zoroark's mouth. So Zoroark is completely in darkness, other than the flame that's coming out of its jaw, and it's getting closer and closer towards Hillary the Swadloon, who is bathed in this bright, glaring spotlight. What, what do they do, Thea? Theo is going to remember what Swaddle did so effectively back in the forest, back the day that Theo caught it. And Theo goes, Swadloon, Hillary. Oh, okay, I'll get used to it eventually. Hillary, you swagger. Okay. It's those swirly eyes that we saw in the very first battle that Swaddle was ever involved in back in the Frenzy Plant arc. So, Theo, please roll, create an advantage, and see if this swirly, kaleidoscopic eye move works the treat in this dire situation. Utilise Swadloon's high speed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh that's no. a bad face. <laughs> oh, that is a bad face. Is going to sweep your team? It's a four plus a one plus a one, so it is oh, a full failure. A, a full oh, failure. Mark another experience. So you That's two experiences in two rolls. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to quite enjoy calculating this damage because I don't think we'll have had a higher damage roll as this before. Stage three, oh. <laughs> uh, it is a stage higher, so that's four. And then it's plus two for the super effectiveness because it's four times effective. Is it four times effective? It's yeah, grass man. bug. Grass bug, David, why? So it's six. Six plus the d4, oh. which is a four. <laughs> <laughs> Giddy-am. So it's 10 damage. I presume Swadloon's still up. Yeah, I assume that's taken down the first health bar for Swadloon. The armor is five for Swadloon, so this is a a big big loss. Oh, God. In D&D terms, that's a kill. 
That's a total kill. Double the total HP. Well, it's a good thing we're not playing D&D, Stu, isn't it? It's a good thing that we haven't, haven't been playing that for 55 goddamn episodes, isn't it? So... <laughs> wow. David, what's... What does this look like, this inferno coming from the Zororic into this spotlight? I think that, honestly, Swadloon obviously starts to starts to change its gaze. The eyes are sort of glowing crimson, sort of turning like a swirly mist around them, and that is just completely engulfed by fire. It's just like, it's like that anime effect of there is just the tiny sort of black orb of Swadloon just lost in this torrent of fire. And honestly, before we even see the result, Theo has recalled Swadloon back to its ball. Theo doesn't even want to see what it looks like. Do you know what Theo does see? Theo has that horrible memory of how the actual Hillary died, which was also in a blazing inferno from Mrs. W's fiery gun. Oh, Stu, so what you're saying is, like Hillary dying in an inferno, Hillary's dying in an inferno. <laughs> what, well, yes, but also in an amplifier. In an amplifier. <laughs> um, I'm so sorry about that, David. Do you know what? I'm going to be really mean. Are you going to introduce a literal new rule on this decision? No, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just going to inflict a minus one on Theo's next roll. Oh, fine. Sort of That's emotional fine. damage. Tom, Brandy, you are in a mecha genesect. You are in an armoured Gundam of this metallic bug with a gun on top. You have Wimpy the Lopany acting as a rear gunner. You've got the controls. The pain in your legs is temporarily numbed. You are Ripley at the end of Alien. You are in the suit, ready to crack down. And in your sights, in the little target gauge at the front of the mm -hmm. mecha genesect suit, you see Andros, the mega Golduck, this poker-powered hybrid, sort of in control, sort of not, screeching to the heavens. And I think Andros has found themselves embroiled in a scuffle with the remains of our little ragtag bunch in here. We've got well, Phillips is still around, Candy, Hannah. They're all trying to deal with the Golduck as best they can. Obviously, they don't have Pokemon with them because they were either imprisoned or part of the militia that was fighting in the gym with the Helsing Grunts. So they're really doing some guerrilla warfare, trying to just distract Andras. Using Jockey as a little puppet, pretend like <laughs> Jockey's awake. <laughs> I'm a nursery, look at me. <laughs> Don't come over here, baby. We've got a nursery who's angry and... <laughs> Ooh, swipe, swipe, baby. Look at those big claws. So they're doing everything they can to try and keep Andros distracted, but it's a losing battle. And it looks like they could be in real trouble real quickly. And to that end, I think maybe you see, David, which one of them looks most in trouble. I always I always say it, but I'm going to say Hannah. Hannah. Yeah, that's fair. But I think that's because Hannah's being so brave. Nice. Thank you. Nice. You know, because Phillips is pretty useless in actual combat, I imagine. Phillips is more the back. He's, a, he's the tactician. Yeah, yeah. the general. Mm, he's a mm. classic general. Yeah. Hannah is the one who's most in trouble. Brandy, but yes, as we say, because Hannah is the one who's willing to get up close and personal. I think Hannah's hanging off Golduck's back. Brandy, what do you do? How far away are we? Are we pretty far away? I'm imagining we're quite far away. Yeah, you're just coming out of the secret Genesec room. Adderold, I'm going to need you to take a step back. Oh, uh, sure, yeah. Definitely don't want to get crushed. Another step back. Okay, yep. There's another one. Another step back. I'm sensing a pattern. I'd go and hide if I were you. Running away. Was never here. Or stick around and watch something cool. She's appealed to my reporter's instinct. And he whips out a camera with the lens cap still on. Yes. <laughs> yes, Edrol. Brandy says to Wimpy. Wimpy, flip the gun around so it's facing backwards. Lop. We're going to give ourselves a bit of jet propulsion. Lop, lop. Uh, I'm going to, I guess, use zap cannon to zap myself into a steely... I'm basically doing a steely takedown. It feels like Volt Tackle. Volt Tackle is exactly what I'm mm. doing. Love it. Nice. Love it. That's okay. cool. So okay. for the listeners, I am going to use the power of the gun to fire into the floor to launch the Mecha Genesec into the air and aim myself to hit Mega Golduck Andros. Great. Well, it's a stretch here, guys, but are we okay with Tom just using a Genesec sheet whilst Brandy's in Makes a lot of the Genesec oh, okay. sheet? I'll, I'll yeah, get, I'll yeah. get the Genesec stats up. It's kind of like a Pokemon battle then. Yeah. Why did I give Brandy the Genesec? I just... You have a Zygarde yeah, cube. Come on, David. <laughs> so, Volt Tackle is a physical move? Gotta yes. be, right? Yeah. Right, so that's 2d6 plus Genesec's 
physical, which plus three, baby. Genesis, good, isn't it? Lovely. Right, here we go. So 2d6 plus three. Roll it. Oh. <laughs> no, surely not. Not with the plus three. One plus a two. Plus no, a three. You're it's joking. A no. Nope. You're joking. Oh, I am not. My, the oh my brandy God. rolls are back. I could only have rolled <sighs> two things to have failed this, and I rolled them. I was going to say, we never get a fail on a plus three. Nope. Like, plus I don't think we've literally fail. ever had it. What a finale <gasps> this is going to be. <laughs> um, oh okay, God. well, I'm going to mark experience, first of all, because I need to cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Imagine if Brandy breaks the Mecha Genesect suit within five minutes. I kind of think that's what happens. <laughs> I like the the Mecha Genesect staying there and Brandy in an ejector seat flying at the Mega God. <laughs> so maybe Wimpy just presses the right button, but a little note comes up just before to say, for safety reasons, we replace the Zap Cannon with the ejector seats. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the most annoying thing. Lovely, like, oh, And it has already pressed it. What does Brandy say? Press delete, press delete, press escape, press something, press control, alt, delete. Let's get the task manager up. Let's get the task manager up. We need to stop the system. And suddenly the pilot seat flies out the front of the Mecha Genesec and crashes into the Mecha not doing any damage. Uh, but Brandy, you just find yourself clinging on for dear life next to Hannah, also <laughs> clinging onto this rope around the Goldock's life. And Hannah's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I thought I was helping, all right? As you were ejected, you pressed every single button. So behind you, the Mecha Genesect is just going haywire, doing all sorts of stuff. <laughs> it's like a fireworks display. <laughs> Has it locked onto head roll? <laughs> yes! Yes! Sees the camera and thinks, Must destroy insurgent paparazzo. Great. So Hedrod is now panicking and is running around the hall with this Genesec suit on autopilot trying to get the camera off him. And he's like, no, no, this is my lifeblood. Hand me the camera, paparazzo. Who's that Pokemon? Sork was my brother. Goo goo, goo goo. Mama, Oh, baby Tom, baby Tom, come here. Oh. Stuart, don't be repulsed. It's our child. It's our three, it's our thruple child. It just looks so odd. I just, why is the head so big? It, it. <laughs> so what does it want? What does is, what is this creature from me, the Black Lagoon need? I, I think it wants a midsection. Did you pack oh. the spare midsections? Was that was that expected of me? It's not my child. Uh, it's all of our child, Stuart. Okay. Papa, okay. You know, I know what. I'm just going to give it this midsection right here. Here. Don't, not off the ground. It's me, the baby. Now I've got a midsection and I can read. I'll read out the midsection. Today's midsection comes to us from Jonah. Thank you so much, Jonah. Jonah writes, hello, dittos. I've got a suggestion for a potential gym leader. I believe this is for me as 30 second gym leader. So here we go. <laughs> Brilliant. Next line. Sorry, Jonah. You've written. So I'm not sure if you've already filled out all the gym leader spots. <laughs> we have you have no idea but luckily Formia has a shadow league a regular league I'm sure there's a sort of alternative underground league as well so don't worry Jonah this is fine but in case you have already filled out all the gym slots this character could be an ex-gym leader name Preston Rose pronouns they them gym type steel look medium stature they have tattered jeans which occasionally show their prosthetic right leg that is modelled after a beldum Hmm. Gym team is Corviknight, named Trailblazer, Durant, named Bolts, and Aegislash, named Clutch. Preston was originally from the Gala region, and is in fact the sibling of the Pokemon League chairman from Galar, Chairman Rose. Frustrated with how their brother was keeping hold on the Galar region through industry, Preston decided to go on an adventure through the region as a roaming steelworker. After getting out of daring situations in almost every region while working on rails, Preston finally settled in Formia. When they aren't attending to the gym, which is... An old refurbished train, interesting. Then Preston Ooh. will travel around Formia doing odd engineering and construction jobs. Of course, if you wonderful folks have anything to add or replace with Preston, the rest is in your hands. Cheers, Jonah. Well, thank you, Jonah. So we've got Preston Rose, sibling of... Spoiler alert, the evil guy from Sword and Shield. <laughs> Sorry, what? Mm. Lovely Chairman Rose. I'm only at the <laughs> uh, the Snow City, so I'm, I'm still very ah. much on Team Chairman Rose. You could be at the end of the Pokemon League and you still wouldn't know that Chairman Rose is the villain. I mean, it's really not a, it's not, not a coherent But you plot. also could have just seen him and gone, that's the villain, right there. Initial thoughts. We already have a trained gym leader, right? We've got Kitan, mm -hmm. the gym leader. I think Kitan and Preston Rose are inextricably linked here. Kitan dethroned Preston Rose as the trained gym leader. 
And there's one Pokemon that links them both that you just mentioned. The Durant. Durant is the key. Durant has never in its life heard that phrase, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> so Durant, shall we say previously of Preston Rose, actually was maybe stolen by Kyton. If we all remember everyone, Kyton was the gym leader on the train who, Stu, if you'd give us the laugh, please. Oh, maybe it was like a trade situation or maybe there was originally a Durant colony on the Nidorian Express and it was replaced with the Combi Hive. So what do we think Durant was traded for? I was going to say that maybe there is like a Durant Formian evolution that we've yet to experience. And what Preston did was a Mindy situation and traded a Durant from Galar that can't evolve. Uh, and Kyson was like, I'm so excited. I'm so, th- I'm finally going to get a Durant that's going to evolve. Oh. This is going to be amazing. And then realized, wrong area. And in spite, decided to overthrow gym leader of the Nidorian Express. Nice. So Preston Rose, actually, probably one of the greatest villains up there with Mindy from <laughs> Diamond and Pearl. <laughs> I think they're related. Mindy's the other Rose sibling. Mindy Rose. Oh my goodness. For those of you who don't know, Mindy is the character from Diamond and Pearl in the games who trades you a haunter with an Everstone, but she doesn't tell you that the Haunter is holding an Everstone, thus it does not evolve into Gengar. Okay, so why do the Roses do this? What do they get other than a sick pleasure? Are they harnessing energy? Because we know that Chairman Roach was all about energy, so maybe if you trade something with an Everstone, you take the evolution energy that would have been expelled in the evolution and use it somewhere else? Maybe it's a power thing? So what I want to know, Stu, is Preston Rose is obviously now no longer the gym leader. Maybe by choice, maybe was ousted. But what are they building to get their revenge on Kitan and the Nidorian Express? Well, it's a Tesla coil, isn't it? It's a Tesla coil, exactly exactly (laughs) what I was going to say. Correct. You passed the test. So they are trading Pokemon with Everstones. Attach them in order to obtain energy to power this Tesla, this this machine. Uh, that they're going to use to destroy the train, I imagine. Here's my thought now. Is the Tesla just a big ladder and they're aiming to get up to the moon to then fire the Tesla down at the track? Do they need to be high, high enough? I mean, they're obviously high. Wait, where did the ladder, where's the ladder come from? I like it. Is that where the, or is that where all the Durants have gone? Oh, it's a Durant ladder. they left their nest. It's a Durant ladder. So they're just stacked on top of each other because they have no nest. And famously, when Durant lack a core hive, they just stand on top they of just each other each and other. wait. Nice. And we're currently, <laughs> missing, we're currently missing one Durant that Preston is trying desperately to get exactly. back from Kitan after they initially <laughs> traded them, thinking they had enough Durant. They have about three billion Durant. <laughs> they they didn't they had a need, surplus. They thought they had a surplus. <laughs> they didn't. They, of course, I want to say it now, Preston Rose have every Durant in existence. In all of the regions... <gasps> Preston oh, Rose huge. has all of the Durants, Durant army. We think Kenny has a 55-strong Pokemon army, and that's big. Check out three billion Durants. Try and come up against that. And they're all standing on top of each other, like a weird Durant whip that you can just whip down and take out a region at will. I'm very concerned by Preston Rose, and I think the main whip. character should be as well. Imagine that all of these adventures are going on around them, and there is just a tower of Durants <laughs> yeah, Durant. in space. And that's <laughs> When we were flying Skarmories from Pyrenol to across the Pokemon League, we conveniently didn't see the Tower of Durant across across the region. It's one of those missions that's been pinned to the Pokemon League notice board for a while, and it's just gotten out of hand. I love it. So basically, Preston Rose is hunting down Kitan, who now, in my head, is a good guy. Because obviously the roses are all evil. So Kitan... Weren't expecting that, were you? Kitan is holding on to the last Durant. In fact, mate, if you hadn't... Oh, sorry. No, it's it's pointless. Go. Is it going to make this ridiculous? Because I feel like we passed that about about two billion Durants ago. We haven't even even spoken about his Beldum leg. That's not interesting (laughs) enough. Okay. Question. Did 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 this Durant take Preston Rose's leg as well? Why would the Durant take <laughs> No, let's say no, he didn't. What else did the Durant take? What is the as well? How many limbs does Preston have to replace with Beldum limbs before it's not Preston Rose anymore? There's a philosophical question for you. Eh? Uh-huh. It's like the sugar babes. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, Preston Rose, or should I say the sugar babes in dis- Beldum disguises. Thank you very much, Jonah, for that great character. I... Was it what you were expecting? If it was, you're a psychopath. If it wasn't, you're a normal human (laughs) being. I'm sorry we destroyed your character. If you would like for a character to come in and go in a completely different direction 
than you previously imagined, please email criticalditto at gmail.com. And if you would like to skip the ever, ever growing queue of midsection characters, then please join the Patreon at the champion tier at www.patreon.com forward slash criticalditto. Oh, I think it's time for my nappy change, parents. Who's going to do it this time, Goo Goo Gaga? Oh no, I've Benjamin buttoned. Wee, 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 oh no, wee. I'm I'm trying to say Goo Goo Gaga, but I'm now old. I'm looking at my body and... Wait, parents, are you all right? Yeah. Oh no, David, yeah. Father. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and they've all got dirty nappies. What a situation. Me, me. I hate this. Who's that Pokemon? Sork was my brother. It's Throw. Kenny. Come back to you. Oh no! Frey is watching the chaos unfold in the room. I think everyone's watching the chaos unfold in the room. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, even the Gliscor is like, I don't think I want to film these two people talking anymore. There's a lot of exciting things going on. There's so much more interesting stuff over there. Frey is watching it, and the words that you just said to her are, are repeating. These people I trust, people I, I I trust, and she turns to you, Kenny. You still cling to these people? What do they offer you that someone like me, that Team Mystic, could not? Well, for one thing, I don't want to separate myself from the world. I want to feel a part of something, and they make me feel a part of a family. A family? Kenny, I I want to show you something. And that blackened finger that Frey has, the one that she plunges into people's chests, just appears in midair, and she draws out a small circle. Not the other finger that she uses for her smartphone. No. Yes, I have to keep the other one very much human. I called nickname this one my, Stylus. Uh, touch ID. It's weird. <laughs> and she maps out a circle in the air, Kenny. And the circle takes on this black, ickery substance. You recognise it instantly, Kenny. It's it's the substance that you see in mind palaces. Oh yes, yeah, it's, it's the dark, voidy stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. In fact, for a second, Kenny goes, "Oh, it's been a while." <laughs> <laughs> And then that second probably ends because you start to see a scene beginning to unfold on that ikori substance, almost like a vision. And you recognise the person the camera's following. It's Brandy. You can see the pink hair. And our point of view view follows Kenny's into this black ikori substance and we see the scene unfolding. Now, why do you require my services, young pink-haired lady? I'm just a simple man, a simple man in tight jeans and a tight genie denim jacket. If, if, if you don't know already who I am, let me tell you, my name is Tallahassee Bingewood. And you have come to me, you have approached me, saying you want me to join a crew, come on a ship. Why would you want that? First of all, can I just ask why we're meeting under, the, under, under a bridge in the middle of town? Well, because... But you're pretending like it's your office. That's what's creeping me out. I was told that I was going to meet you at your office, but they gave me the address of this bridge. There's a rumour in Rivertown that that I am a creature, a troll, yes. But as you can see, I am a man. You're not a troll, are you? No, no, of course. But sometimes I do find it is easier to go along with, uh, with what they say just because they do pelt me with stones if I leave the bridge. So, uh, yes, this is the... The happenstance that I find myself within. But as you can see, I'm a man of business and a man of repute, and I have answered the call. You put out an advertisement, it seems, and uh, looking for a special individual that can help you with a problem. But let's just keep our voices down. I did not advertise. I made some inquiries because oh. it's very important that this stays low-key. All right? Right. What is it? I was told by sources, as yet unnamed, that... You might be able to help with poker powers. Oh, gosh, yes. Poker powers. I've heard of them. You need help with a poker-powered individual, is this correct? I have certain skills that can no, help. No, I don't. It's not like that. You're not an assassin, are you? I'm not hiring an assassin before I, before <laughs> I continue. Do I look like an assassin? How much denim does an assassin typically wear? I don't know how to answer that question. You're living under a bridge wearing a big Stetson hat. <laughs> I don't know what, if that's where an assassin lives or doesn't live. Whether I have killed in the past or could kill, that is irrelevant at this time. What you need, it seems, is someone to help you with a poker-powered problem. Plenty of people have those these days, I understand. It's not a problem. Then they're, they're not a problem. Stu, quick question. I'm assuming this is yes. all happening in the month in between season yes, three this and is four. A, this is a past flashback. Okay, so I've, I'm just trying to... 
put yourself in Brandy's headspace at that time. I understand. Yes, yes. I'm also trying to put myself back in Tallahassee. It's a whole thing. It's okay. hard, isn't it? Yeah, it really sounds really tough for you, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really it sounds struggling. like you're really struggling for, you know, character work. <laughs> to, to have gone from a bridge troll to a member of the Flash Mullet? <laughs> Gosh, it's too much. Look, I, I've only just recently found out about these poker powers and my friend, my friend, I have a friend and he is a friend, someone who I don't want killed, absolutely, but someone who has powers far beyond what e- even they can comprehend and I'm worried that they aren't in control of themselves or might lose control of themselves and they, they need to be taken care of, not in the, not a murder. But as in, I want to take care of Kenny. I want... Why would you choose those words when you have even a suspicion that I'm an assassin? I don't Why would you do that? I don't know, because I don't know what the powers will happen. I just need... Look, listen, if I someone was to... Stop, stop. No, you, you stop. You me. stop. You listen to me, you troll bridge. All right? Answer me this question. If someone was to lose control of their Pokemon powers, and I mean almost devastatingly so, could you force them or at least force the poker powers to stop and subdue them in that way with non-lethal force, but a way to protect them from themselves. Yes. If there was an individual that you didn't trust to look after themselves in certain situations, there are things I can do. Of course. So what do we say? Do we have a deal? You got a deal. Also, I hate to do this because I'm usually a man of very, very much professional business, but is there something going on here? Are there sparks here? (laughs) Because I, mean, I don't know, when you shouted at me, I felt something. I mean, maybe, look, let's, let's, let's deal with that later. But for now, I... Tallahassee takes your hand, Brandy, and he feels that it's shaking. Shaking in that way that I think you mentioned you were shaking at the start of Rock Slide. Yeah. And like I say to him, I want to stress this again. He ain't a danger, and you might just be coming on a great, great trip in the sky. But you have to follow my lead, all right? You don't do anything unless I say so, all right? He's a good guy. He's a great guy, actually. He's maybe the best guy I've ever known. So you wait for me to give you the go-ahead. You, of course, give the final order. But um, you wouldn't be bringing me along unless you thought there was a, a worry. No one can know about this, all right? All right, so, so what do we say? Sort of gentleman's handshake? Casual agreement or, or something more? Casual agreement for now. I'll draw up a contract, but we need to come up with a cover story. Um... I'll let, I'll sort of give you the main details. Maybe you could fill in some of the blanks, and I'll just I'll follow your lead. You're stronger with the contracts, right? You've you've done this before, many many times. And Tallahassee gives you this massive shinks eating grin. And as we see the pair of you walking away, we see a black Zororic tail just being sucked back into his denim trousers. She was scared of me. Well, listen. In her words, it's not that she was scared. She just didn't fully trust you, I guess. And then Frey gets another black Ikari circle, and in it you see a Theo, a Theo of only moments ago, a Theo who had finally allowed the jealousy to rise and bubble within them that had been simmering for so long, a, a Theo that had questioned their own deity's choices and doubted why their companion would be chosen over them, a Theo that had said, Why did you appear to him and not to me? The vision disappears. A friend, I suppose, who seems to resent you. And finally, Frey brings up a black circle and it's Hannah. And we flash back to that scene in the surveillance room of the prison where finally Hannah was able to admit to you, Kenny, I'm still scared of you. And the circle disappears. Frey looks to you, Kenny, with understanding eyes. I'm sorry I had to show you this. Listen, I don't take pleasure in that. I understand that you formed an ill-advised bond with these regular humans, but this is the reality, Kenny. They will never see you like we see you. They will view you as an asset, as something that helps further their goals, or at worst, as a threat, a danger. And it will follow you, Kenny. It will follow you as long as you are with them. Um, Frey, uh, um, Kenny's fighting back the tears, I think. Can I show you something? I think Kenny replicates the, the move, because Okay, can. yeah. Kenny did not confirm. <laughs> and we see a series of images. Tell me about them. They interlink between Brandy, Theo, 
Dora, Clarissa, Melissa, Hannah, all of these people that Kenny's known through his life that he considers his family, not just his actual family. And we see Theo back on the Dorient Express when Kenny tells Theo, go and look after Brandy, and Theo point, point blank refuses because they're too worried about Kenny. We see a scene where Melissa and Kenny share this heartfelt moment where Melissa finally accepts him. Moments after Melissa sort of chastises him for leaving his family. We see Brandy give Theo and Kenny the, the biggest hug she's ever given after she chose the path of sacrifice. We see scenes where Kenny and Dora are bickering, scenes when they're laughing. And finally, the scene hovers on Acelio. And Kenny turns to Frey and all the poker-powered people. And Kenny says, yeah, I don't like what I just saw from Brandy, from Theo, from Hannah. It hurts, okay? Families fight. They do. Because they feel like they have they have the freedom to truly be themselves and still be loved. And I finally feel that outside of my own family for the first time and you're doing everything you can to rip it away from me. And this right here, this Pokemon, this was also someone's family. And you, Frey, you have broken that family because you have turned this Poke-powered person into a permanent Pokemon. Oh, that should be a tongue twister. <laughs> You have ruined that family, just like you're trying to ruin mine. And nothing comes between Kenny Mullet and his family. Hyperbeam. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have to do a dice roll, I think, to see if that works. Yeah. So sorry. <laughs> Did that work? Uh, that's manipulate someone, I suppose. <laughs> well, actually, if anything, Kenny's more trying to talk to the poker-powered people. True. In the cage, and they're like, "Don't, don't trust her." Okay, I like that. Let's let's do let's roll to see how the assembled poker powers and maybe everyone on TV, Kenny, feels about your speech. Low stakes, then, Ace Two. <laughs> Cut back to that family who turned into for TV, going like. I really, this has been going on for three hours, this interruption. <laughs> I mean, I thought this was an interrupted broadcast. When are we going to get, you know... <laughs> There's a scroll being like, the BBC News at 10 will commence at yes. uh, 10.35. The BBC Muse, I think you mean. The BBC Muse! <laughs> Very good. I guess roll manipulate a continent, Ali. Okay, this is a big roll. Oh, no. It's all right. It's a, it's a total of an eight. Okay. That's kind of perfect in a yeah. way, isn't it? Some are convinced, some are not. It, it mirrors the Pokemon down in the in the Cosmic Power Arc, and you can feel that division in the cage to your left, Ali. But the words you've said have had an effect, and Frey's grandstanding at this point seems to take a back seat, and her effortless control on the situation is for the first time since she's been here, faulted. You see this genuine sadness just flash across her face, and her body sag, but she swallows it. Nothing gets between Kenny Mullet and his family. I wish you hadn't pushed me this far, Kenny. I really do. Zororik, do it. And across the hall, we see Zororik, who's engaged in combat with Theo. Zororik has just torn through this fireball of Hilary the Swadloon, raced through that spotlight, and is going straight for Theo, and then, and then stops, as if it's been given a direct order almost as if something in its head has just pinged. And the Zoroark nods and forms a black Ikari circle, just like the ones that Frey had been forming, in front of you, Theo. And Theo, you see a bedroom and you see a kindly older man. Kenny, what's your dad look like? Oh, God. Um, oh, God. <laughs> oh, Slaking, no. Um, what does Kenny's dad look like? A very strong, powerful Pokemon trainer that wouldn't take anything from anyone. <laughs> Sleeps in a diamond casket every single time. <laughs> uh, he's a farmer, so I, I think there is a sort of a strength to him, but it's like a weary strength. A weary strength. Love that. That's yeah. given me all I need to know. Balding, ironically, the only one of the mullet family. <laughs> Except for the back of his But he's head. kept the mullet. Of yes. course he's kept the back of the yes. mullet. Do we have a name for him? I don't know if we have a name. Papa Benny Mullet. <laughs> Benny, yes, and, Benny, Benny Mullet and Kenny Mullet. And we see his wife, Kenny's mother, who bears a striking resemblance to Melissa, long, dark hair, a slight frame. And the pair of them are sat on the foot of a bed, 
and their hand is just on this comatosed figure. They both bend over, night love, give her a kiss. And just as the light is fading, as the door closes on this room, Papa Benny looks back through the room and gives a sigh before closing the door of Dora's room. And as that door closes, we see there's a figure lurking in the room. Long, bushy moustache, older man. Some would recognise it as Cornelius from Brandy's flashback arc. The old moustache grower who was secretly a Probopass poker powered. He's older now, about 60 years old, but muscular, lithe. He looks like an assassin. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> what are you going to do? Zororok, again, gets that Canaan head, Thea, and is able to use words once again. Theo, either you hand over the tome, or she dies. Theo, we have the ship. We could threaten the crew, of course we could, but... Let's be honest, Theo, you would shoulder that burden yourself, wouldn't you? You would say, well, Canaan, Adri, they were my compatriots, they were my friends. And realistically, deep down, they would have wanted it for the greater good. So, I think the only way we do this is, is if we threaten someone else's. Give you a consequence that you can't shoulder yourself, Theo. This is it. Kenny, you can obviously see this as well. I think Frey has absolutely given you a black or circle, and she's just watching you. But Theo, this is it. This is the season three decision. Do you give up the tome, or do you not? Look at the anguish in oh, David's David. eyes. I'm so sorry, mate. This looks... I honestly, I honestly... I. This is it for Theo. This is it. This is your goal, Theo. This is your dream. The King's Rock. Everything you've ever wanted in life. Or not. I'm trying to figure out what the character would do rather than what I, a moral person, would do. Oh, yeah. David would kill the girl immediately. No <laughs> questions asked. Don't you worry. David would be like Dora who? Forgotten that character. Dora the Nomora. <laughs> Ali, that's callous. That's callous, mate. (laughs) I think that is Pokemon X and Y because that is callous region right there. Uh, Okay, I think I know what Theo does, which I hate. Oh my god. I think I know what Theo does. Oh god. No, I know what Theo. I know what Theo does because Theo sees the scene. Theo's id, the voice that often in in Theo's head overrules, would say, "Take the book." Take the decision. Be powerful. Be the person who gets to be the decider in this. You know that the greater good is discovering whatever is in the third tome. And then Theo remembers what Theo knows about Sloking and what Theo had just said to Sloking themselves, which is that Sloking picked Kenny and not Theo. And Theo thinks about how all Theo has ever wanted is to be this messianic figure that gets the tomes and answers the call of Sloking and finds the King's Rock. But Theo knows if Theo walks out of this room now with that tome, Theo is never going to hear Sloking's voice because Sloking picked Kenny. And so Theo holds the book and says, show me the girl going free first. Take the man out of the room now. Take the man out of the room now and you can have the book. Take it! Frey gives a nod and somewhere somehow Cornelius picks up the signal and retreats out of the window and the Zororok walks slowly to you, Theo and takes the tome from your hands. In a flash, Zororok returns to Frey. She gives a sad smile and kneels down to you, Kenny. I wanted you to come with us. I really did. You... You were gonna. You were gonna murder my little sister. I know what you are. And your rough day is coming. Brandy, Theo, Kenny. You'll never forget those names. In fact, we'll make sure you won't. Your rough day is coming. Mock. You. I'm so sorry, Kenny. This is how it has to be. And she takes the book and 
gives Golduck the signal, who stops attacking Candy, Phillips, Hannah, Brandy, and they all retreat to the portal circle. Frey unlocks the poker pad cage. Those of you who see a better future for poker pads, one in which we stand in our rightful place, are welcome to join me. Everyone else, sir. And she gives Kenny a pointed look. Welcome to stand with their humans. And about seven of the twenty go with Frey. The really weak ones. The really, you know, yeah, we're talking, we're <laughs> yeah. talking your ratata, your pidgey power powers. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Kenny's got the Rayquaza, he's got the ground <laughs> on, you know. And with that, Zororic, Frey, Andros, and the Pokepads that went with Frey disappear, and the portal fizzles. <laughs> and the runes disintegrate on the ground. And the prisoner processing chamber is, for the first time, deadly silent. I think Kenny just collapses and starts to weep. Theo falls to their knees on the stage and isn't really looking at anyone and isn't really saying anything and just says... Not really to anybody at all, but just keep saying over and over again. All I ever wanted. All I ever wanted was to be special. I think before the gold duck went, Brandy was hanging from a rope and gold duck flicked her aside and she hit the floor. She physically can't move and witnesses, Bray, Zorora, Golduck, all of them get what they want and leave and she can't do anything about it. She puts her fingers into the sort of stone floor trying to drag herself towards the portal before it closes, but she just, she can't get there. And I think tears in her eyes, she says to herself, she didn't, she didn't even look at me. She didn't even know I was here. We see our three heroes, defeated. We see the captain's chambers of the previously titled Flash Mullet. Who knows what it's going to be called now, because the ship is under new command. In the captain's chambers, we see a runic circle, the complete mirroring of the one that was in the prison processing chamber, light up, the runes ignite. And in the centre of the room, centre of the floor, we see Frey returning, triumphant, clutching the third tome, the first and second tomes also laid out on the captain's desk. She carefully places them, one, two, three, in a line, and smiles to herself. She turns to her left and sees Elaine, the miastic lady. Has everything been all right on the ship, Elaine? It was easier to, to get the crew on board than we thought. The slow-talking one, he's, he's just in it for the money. And what of Mr. N and Mrs. S, the, the church compass points? Are they still on board? We got them in the dungeons. Ah, so they were less compliant. Oh well, could be useful tools. Come in. We open the door to the captain's chambers. Who comes through, Tom? Adri from Monsk walks through no! the door. This is it. This is the Theo fail. This is it. I knew that hard roll was going to come back to me. You failed, Theo. We're cashing it in. Ah. Uh... Captain? Adri? I trust everything went... <gasps> and Adri sees the tomes. Yes, everything went to plan. 
got a little more heated than perhaps I anticipated, but um, we have them. Did they... Did they what, Adri? No, it's, it, it's fine. Uh, doesn't matter. They don't matter anymore. No, we made a deal, Adri. They don't matter. What matters is you, what you promised. You'll translate the terms? Adri turns around and says, You're talking to the person who wrote the dissertation on it. I know what I'm doing. I'll get you the King's Rock. Louder, please, Adri. I'll get you the King's Rock. And I think you see Adri's face in shadow, head down, but determined. And with that, Frey turns back to her desk the three times and looks out the window of the flash mullet as it takes off and flies into a dark, cloudy horizon. For season three. Thank you so much for listening. So, things happened. Let's talk about it. Let's not talk about it. Let's, I think what we need to do is take a break, which we are going to be doing. So, for about a month or two, we are taking a break. So, we'll hopefully see you in the mid to late spring. But thank you so much for listening to the whole of the podcast so far. I can't believe we made it to this point, but it feels very like we are moving into the end game. But for the final time of season three, it's time to do some thank yous. So, first of all, I'd like to thank Michael Sands for creating Monster of the Week that we have adapted in our own special way to create Pocket Monster of the Week, which really messed us up in this episode, I'd say. Those dice rolls were not on our side, so I blame you, Michael. I'd also like to thank Braxton Burks and the Materia Collective and Glitch X City. I mean, for the whole the whole podcast, start to finish, all the tracks they have done have been amazing um I, I say that like they wrote them for us it feels like it sometimes because they're so perfect but they're not the albums are out there videos on youtube on spotify check them out download buy the albums do it just do it also a thank you to epidemic sounds for the other incidental music and sound effects and finally i would like to thank saw a lot on youtube link in the description for their incredibly sad piano version of the Pokemon main theme tune which I put it in there because I thought it felt appropriate and then I got sad so thanks or a lot thanks for those feelings I'd also like to thank Satoshi Tajiri and Junichi Masada for creating Pokemon and again the architects of the pain if you go back far enough that probably the pain begins with them and why we're in this state. This is where I remind you that we are a not-for-profit podcast and have no affiliation with the Pokemon Company or Game Freak. I would, of course, love to thank our patrons. Wow, wow, wow. Just more keep coming, and it's just brilliant. It's just brilliant to see you, and I genuinely enjoy thanking all of you, so I would like to say a big thank you to Anthony Robin Stanley, Brandon Wood, Carlton McGrone, Tommy Portillo, Aidan Clark, Mark Smith, Brad Demon Dalka, Mike Cabbages. Also, thank you to Dr. Rani, Jeremby's mum, Dig Easy, Alex W, Crispy, Huxley Spicer, Beth Chivers, Jam, Heather L. Snell, Megan Taylor, and Betsy Lewin Lee. Another big thank you to Ryan Teague, Darius Joukowsky, Pokerdash55, DW Hollins. You know what? I'm going to thank you, DW. All right. You. You made it up to me. Thank you to Audrey Resendiz, Ellie Lieberman, Jeremby, Carrie Morrison, Martin Blackwood, Scott M, Dr. Mega Man PhD, Hi Killy, Keiko Pin, Cosplay. Thank you to Big Fat Nuke, Jonah Jackson, Trigula, aka Aurora, aka Paladin Extraordinaire. Thank you to Josh Anderson. Thank you to Alchemage. Thank you to Cesar Trevino. Thank you to Force Majeure. Thank you to Crandon Creations. Thank you to 
Eric Eichinger, a.k.a. Paladin Extraordinaire. Thank you to Millamoy. Thank you to Ginny Voss, a.k.a. Paladin Extraordinaire the Third. And finally, thank you to Alistair Collinson, a.k.a. The Game Master. Wow, that's a lot of names. And that is really amazing to read out. And we all really appreciate you. And if you're not a patron, I'm still incredibly grateful for you for listening. Thank you so much. Please do share the podcast with your friends other people you think would like it and would be interested word of mouth is the best way for podcasts to gain more listeners and to invite more people into this mad chaotic community although you know i realize it doesn't end on a high let's hope it takes the new people enough time to catch up where things will have ended happily by the time they reach where we would be at at the future of season four yeah sorry to leave you like that uh, and finally i'd like to thank david and ali for being great players and to play with and i suppose i need to thank stuart clark the conductor of this of this tragedy and finally go catch them all and by all i mean your dreams got a deal if you if you can come with come with me i mean i'm not an assassin but i could be an ass ass in no i don't want ass in (laughs) assassin no No, i don't want that whatever that is but (laughs) not this not this